With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News today's Talk, News TNT. Hello and welcome to Weekends with Jason Olborn. It is a big happy new year to all of the supporters of this channel and this show as we move to weekends for 2024. And boy, oh boy, is there a lot coming up this year. It's quite incredible, isn't it? When you consider that some of us have been following the news since the disruptors entered US politics way back, would you believe it? In April of 2015, was the moment when Bernie Sanders walked out and declared his candidacy as an independent joining the Democrats to run for president. Now, just have a look at your watch. It's 2024. That's nine years ago. And I know that the moment that Sanders announced that he would be doing that, it certainly awakened me. And I looked forward to what might happen when a disruptor gets into the Democratic Party. And many of us were aware that at that stage that Hillary Clinton, who'd been overlooked very late in 2008 for Barack Obama, who became the president in a landslide victory with the promises of hope, that Hillary was a certainty eight years later to replace Obama and continue with that 16-year plan. So when Sanders turned up, it was really, really exciting. And so that there was something in the mix. What many of us didn't see at that time, that there was the other disruptor, the man who is still in the frame and seems the only one to keep his cool when everyone else around them is losing theirs, that being Donald Trump. So with the election coming up, it's extraordinary what we're seeing at the moment this year. And it's not just the only election, of course, in the United States. There are elections due in India in April. There's a federal election or the election for president in Russia in March. There's also elections scheduled that have to be done by October in Canada. And the UK must go to the election before January of 2025, with many tipping the second half of this year. So the whole world is in a situation now that is quite extraordinary that political change is in the air. Can't believe that after what we've seen going on for so long that it all comes to a head in 2024. Now, what do, should we expect might be some of the things that could happen this year? Well, of course, this week, what a way to start a year when all those Epstein deniers and anyone out there called a conspiracy theorist well, now should be able to sue for compensation for being vilified for at least the last nine years with the Jeffrey Epstein case files being released in the Virginia Jaffrey case. And boy, oh boy, did we get a surprise that the mainstream media at last are actually forced to report on it. Well, kind of. If you looked at the New York Post, they were hitting it hard. If you looked at the Australian, they also were talking about it. Of course, the Murdoch paper being the Daily Telegraph or news.com.au here in Australia. So what was happening over in the United States? So a quick look at the New York Times and the headline story there was Trump, not involved with Epstein, but Trump as a Republican using fear and favour to build support. Heaven forbid. wonder what the rest of the politicians do to build favour in their political parties to gain power and obviously support. Then the Washington Post basically recycled the exact same headline about Trump, and so did the Wall Street Journal. It's almost as if that if you're not talking about Epstein at this particular juncture, you must be in on it some way or another, because how can you avoid what has to be the biggest story of our time where politicians, presidents, prime ministers, Hollywood superstars are all being named as those that have been on the Epstein Associates list and have flown to that notorious little St. James Island, also known as Epstein Island, that many of us here and watching and listening here on TNT would be fully aware of what's going on. And then, of course, you've got the king who is in a real pickle. And there are stories about how he's got to now remove Prince Andrew entirely from the royal family and any privileges that he might get. And at the same time, King Charles is being well talked about as possibly abdicating. 
and handing over to William so that the royal monarchy can somehow renew itself and move into this later part of the 21st century here and work out where it's going to go in the future. But can it? What did Charles know? What did his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, know? After all, Prince Charles, when he was the prince, was great mates with one Jimmy Savile. And you only need to get on to Google anytime you like and have a look and just write in Jimmy Savile and Prince Charles and you'll see hundreds of photos pop up. They were as thick as thieves. On previous shows on TNT, I've asked people about what they think. Would Charles have known or was he in the dark? And there is always an erring to say that he didn't know. But is that possible? After all, his mother, it is Her Majesty's Secret Service. And now it's His Majesty's Secret Service. That's the spy agency or the security agency responsible for informing the Queen, the head of state or the king, exactly what is going on. And how is it that if there are links to spy agencies such as Mossad and the CIA and MI6, that the Queen and the King couldn't possibly have known what is going on? I can't see that there is even a plausible deniability at this stage. And so it is that we will map out as we go through the news each day this year on the lead up to one election after another, India, uh, sorry, Russia, then India, and then it will be likely, it'll be Canada before the US and maybe the UK somewhere in there, and the political change is coming. We know that in Canada, the opposition leader Pierre Poiliev is 15 points ahead of Trudeau. We know Trump is ahead of Biden, if Biden's even going to get there, and it looks like they're going to recycle him yet again. And Russia, it looks like Putin will retain his power, just as Modi is looking to do the same in India. So what does that say? The West is the one in trouble. And of course, if we think about the UK, it seems that Rishi Sunak is almost unbackable in the sense that he cannot possibly win that election. So the conservative West, or should I say the establishment West, are all in trouble. But in the BRICS nations, it's the opposite way around with the consolidation of power. I find that fascinating. And later in the show today, I'm going to reach out to Ashu Patak in India from the qvive.in channel. He's the news director there and get a really good cross-section of the mood in India today as it moves into this election cycle. I'm also going to talk to him about many things that are going on in that country, particularly around energy dependence and production and how it is that India could move along with its plans. And here's a fun fact for you. Since COVID began, can you believe this? That the population of India has increased by more than the combined populations of Australia and New Zealand combined. It's an incredible statistic when you think that if you're watching or listening here in Australia or New Zealand, you're very aware of how the politicians are doing everything possible to tell us that we need to change our energy habits for the planet at a time when the increase in India almost offsets it anyway. So why do we punish ourselves in ways that life becomes unaffordable? The simple method of just putting food on the table of survival becomes more difficult every day. Well, our friends overseas get a very different path. How are our politicians working for us if this is the case? And so it is that even here in Australia, there is very good mail and concern that Anthony Albanese is also set to be another consecutive one-term prime minister in a world here in Australia that consistency is out the window. The general public to and fro between choices that both sides just don't serve the people anymore. And why is it that the people aren't being served anymore? Is it because we still don't have truth in regards to COVID origins? And why is it that the World Health Organization still pushes ahead for more and more power, but has no interest whatsoever in determining what it will do in finding out the origins of this virus? They just seem to walk away and don't care. But at the same time, that man Tedros, the man with the PhD, not an MD, the Director General of the World Health Organization can come out and tell us that if he declares a pandemic, then we must do what he says, and our own governments can't even circumvent that. 
So in the second hour of today's show, we're going to talk to James Roguski, who is probably the world's best independent World Health Organization scrutiner, scrutineer, author, journalist, and he'll be here for an update of exactly what is going on with the WHO. And following that, we're going to talk to Julian Gillespie, a retired barrister who is very familiar on this channel, and also Dr. Christopher Neal, cardiologist and the president of AMPS, about what submission these gentlemen, along with 20 groups, have combined to put forward for an Australian Royal Commission, where submissions are due by January 12th, and that means we've only got less than a week before these need to be in. And following speaking to both Julian and Christopher, I'll then speak to another gentleman from Adelaide. His name is Chris McNichol. He spent a long time as a teacher and also worked in public broadcasting, and he too is preparing a submission, but a little bit different, because what he's talking about in his submission with his experience in public broadcasting is something else, the Trusted News Initiative. And I bet you can remember what that was all about when we were told that we have to trust these certain people. Well, Chris is asking the question, what will the Australian Senate do in any future Royal Commission when they're asked, how is it? that they could spread such rotten news that didn't serve the people and was outright wrong. Where is the journalistic integrity there? And therefore, it poses a very serious question. If and when we get past these great revelations that a channel such as TNT, today's news talk, should and will become a dominating force in true independent journalism for sticking its neck up and neck out, putting its money where its mouth is, and doing the hard yards that journalism has been lacking for so long. So in every action, there is a reaction. And when the people are not served, people rise to serve. And that's why I'm delighted to present this show and any show that I'm privileged enough to be able to present to you at home, wherever you're watching and listening around the world, to serve the people of the planet to provide proper news away from organised interests, an elite power that loves to hide and run and change the rules to serve themselves, we the people have had enough. Absolutely enough is enough. That is why we provide this service here for you and will always do 24-7 around the clock. Find it extraordinary that we can do this and do it with a smile on our face and somewhat do it with a little bit of ease and coolness in the calm before the storm. And I promise you behind the scenes here at TNT, it's tough, hard going work to continue to bring the best of the best to you at all times. And the only thing we ask is that if you can tell your friends, and I hope that you're able to like, share, comment, or whatever it is to let people know TNT, today's news talk, is a service for all people. And on some of the shows, you're invited to call in. Yep, you can have talk back here. And of course, if you use your tntradio.live website or even on the app on the phone, you can participate in the chat. That's a great way to compare notes and, of course, push the envelope. And that's something that we all have to do when we want to ask the big, big questions of what's going on in the world today. And there is just so much to do. Now, coming up on tomorrow's show, I am delighted to announce that Kathy O'Brien will be joining me in the first hour of Sunday show. It will start a couple of hours later than the Saturday show, but Kathy O'Brien will be here. Now, who is she? She is a lady who was unbelievably, well, her book is called Transformation of America. There is also a film called Transformation. And Kathy O'Brien was, you're not going to believe this, but it is a true story told by her and the person that saved her, a man who later became her husband, Mark Phillips. She was sold into the CIA as an infant by her own father to be put into an MK Ultra project. That is a story that must be told. But what's incredible about Kathy O'Brien is that she could choose to become a victim or she could choose to become a survivor. And Kathy went a step further, and when you meet Kathy O'Brien, you'll be amazed by her positive attitude, her reinforcement that those that do the hard yards, whether forced upon them or done by themselves, are able to look beyond it into the big, beautiful future that awaits us. And that's the point. 
This is an information war for us in the West. We don't have to put on our camo and get out there and learn to use weapons and fight an enemy. This is a war fought over information via the internet primarily, which is the omnipresence of all written and televised or recorded knowledge in the world, isn't it? You can censor it and you can't censor it because the sharing approach is done by you at home on social media, done carefully, of course, because this is an information war to spread such incredible news out there is something else for the ages. And with doing that, all of us will be able to circumvent any attacks to censor. And is it any wonder that governments around the world are eyeing us off with their misinformation laws, their disinformation laws, as they choose to be the arbiter of truth, despite getting everything wrong. And so it is that truth should always be the authority. Authority is not the truth. Those words are not interchangeable. Well, let's take a break now. And when we come back, we will continue with the warm up to Weekends with Jason Olborn for 2024, which promises to be a show where you will get access to people from all around the world at the cutting edge of what is happening in news today. The newsmakers, the newsbreakers, as we work through 2024 to what will be a brand new planet Earth come the election of Donald J. Trump to the White House in 2025. Nothing will stop what happens at that point. We're going to talk more about that after the break here on TNT. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit um, because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk as a combat-wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket-propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was going to make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to Weekends, and I'm delighted to have your company. And whether you're watching directly on the website or via YouTube, Rumble, even Facebook, there are numerous ways to get involved with TNT, whichever way you want to go about it. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to ask you about. For example, over your Christmas break, did you have a chance to just obviously recharge the batteries, but did you have a chance to explore something new? And what I mean is, did you buy a new book? 
Did you download or watch a new series on one of the many different streaming channels that are out there? Did you have a chance to just get away and think about something from a different perspective? I had an opportunity to watch a couple of series, and one of them was a series called Reacher, based on this character called Jack Reacher by a uh, an author called Lee Child. Lee Child was a man who shared a similar job to what I used to do in TV. It was called presentation coordinator, or kind of like a disc jockey on TV. Tough job, you work around the clock, you do eight or 12 hour shifts, and you sit there and you make sure that nothing goes wrong with the broadcast. You insert the ads, the supers, and you get involved with all sorts of things, and uh, you're basically the pilot of a TV channel. And it's a job that you're either in it for life or five minutes after you start, you realise that it's too tough a gig to be able to do, and it's just exhausting. Lee Child decided to become an author, and what a story he was able to create with this character called Jack Reacher. And the idea is that you've got a tough ex-giant military operator that kind of has an ability to think almost like he's Dr. House in military situations. But what happens is it's the predicaments that Reacher gets into in these narratives that really shows whether art imitates life or in fact life is kind of borrowing from the art. And I love the stories that expose that spy agencies can actually be clandestine criminal operations. And it seems that they always are. So why is it in the real world that we pretend that they're straight up honest in institutions? It kind of defies logic. And so it is that part of that story is about the reality of what we're watching right now. On the first of the weekend shows, about a month ago, I interviewed a fellow called Jim DiEugenio, and he was the screenwriter for Oliver Stone's JFK Revisited, a 2022 documentary, which is 31 years after Oliver Stone's movie JFK was released. And he goes back with all of the new evidence that comes out and points to what must be confirmed a conspiracy. Therefore, if it's a conspiracy and it was concerning the CIA, how then can we trust said institution? And I know that who's watching right now and listening right now says, I don't trust them. And they would be more or less right. More because they know than less because we can't seem to get authority to acknowledge what's going on. And that's where the work gets into what you're doing and what we're doing and how we all work together to do it. And so it comes back to this Epstein story because we now know confirmation of facts that Robert Maxwell, the newspaper magnate who strangely drowned, the father of Ghislaine Maxwell, was incredibly a triple agent, MI6, Mossad, CIA. Therefore, Ghislaine Maxwell, by simply association, has to be linked to these agencies. And of course, we know that Jeffrey Epstein has links to Mossad, but he also has links to the CIA. How do we know that? Because that aeroplane, or one of the aeroplanes that Epstein used, happened to have a CIA call sign on its tail. You don't just make those things up. So the connections are certainly there. And at some point, and that's what we're looking at here, at some point, this changes when it cannot be ignored any longer. And so the reality, the fiction, it turns. And at the center of all this is a seven letter word that really is going to become center stage very, very soon. Starts with a K and ends with a Y. Yes, it's Kennedy. RFK Jr. is not in this for nothing. And what's beautiful about what's going on is that Kennedy entered as a Democrat. Would you believe the son of a slain attorney general, a nephew of a murdered president? And now this man who, when you watch what he says, talks about his father's killer, talks about his uncle's killer and plot, and is in the frame now, potentially, as a presidential candidate. But what if he doesn't win? Does he just go back and go into hiding and get on with his life? Or does he enter public office in another way? 
Have you seen the TV series The West Wing? It came out somewhere around 1999 or 2000, just before September 11, and wound up around 2007 when a young Hispanic presidential candidate played by Jimmy Smits, Matthew Santos, becomes the outsider Democrat president of the United States. It almost predicted the rise of Barack Obama in its storyline. Quite incredible. And so in that, Matthew Santos, a Democrat, decides that he wants his Republican candidate opponent, Arnie Vinnick, played by Alan Alder, to become his Secretary of State because Arnie Vinnick had the experience that Santos did not. Will art imitate life? Will Donald Trump appoint Robert Kennedy Jr. as his Attorney General, a true independent, a former Democrat, and would that be enough for those on the other side of the fence to say, OMG, we are going to see some fireworks. And that is one of the great stories that's coming. What I love about it is that there's no connection at the moment between Trump and Kennedy whatsoever. In fact, Kennedy privately and publicly is not a fan of Trump. But in politics, who is a fan of the people that they have to work with? They don't. But the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And therefore, if we are opposed to the same things, we've got something to learn. And what I'm fascinated in all of this is just how simply all of these characters get to be able to put their work first and play off against a really, really difficult situation that they're up against in an establishment system that is determined at all cost. And so we move into another area. It's called idealism. Idealism, obviously, to be ideal, to be perfect. And that's one of the things that I've noticed in the nine years that I've been doing the researching and the writing and the videos, et cetera, in the media, in the media landscape. And that is idealism means that we all want the perfect outcome if we're going to bring down this great big house of cards. Now, that makes sense in 2016. It makes sense in 2017. It even makes sense all the way up to 2020, but it doesn't make sense after January 6, 2021, when there is an insurrection, inverted commas, that tells us that the people simply did not believe the land of the free and the home of the brave held an upfront, legit election. And yet anyone who questioned it was censored. I was listening to Dean Macken's show the other day, and he had on one of his guests who said that you know when a debate is offered that the party that refuses to debate is the party that's hiding something. Because why wouldn't you debate? Those that are prepared to debate have got something to say. And that's the part of power that absolute power trades off. The idea that it can do whatever it wants any time it wants in order to make sure that truths don't get out. Let's ask Julian Assange what he's about, why he's sitting in a prison rotting over there in the UK for just getting the truth out and publishing work that we've seen was sent by someone else who's been pardoned for passing the information to Assange. How does that even work? So we know that power is doing whatever it can to hide itself permanently, whichever way it can, to protect itself. And like George Carlin has said, the only thing that power is interested in is more power for itself. So then how do you dismantle that power? And then, of course, we get the anti-Trumpers. We get the obvious anti-establishment. And then we get the idealists within the movement who are going to tell us that Trump's no good, that Musk is no good, that Alex Jones is no good, and the list just goes on and on and on. Well, if they're all no good, what are they doing? Why are they spending 24-7 for years on end doing what they do? You don't have to watch them. You don't have to listen to them. You don't have to vote for them. But let me ask, why are they doing it? Why did 69-year-old Trump give up his freedom, risk the security of his family that he truly, obviously adores, 
gives up his fortune and his income-creating capacity to do something to go against the people that he knows are going to endanger his life, the lives of his family, for a country that he has got more out of than most of us could ever dream of. Wouldn't you just sit back in your twilight years and go and sit on an island somewhere or play golf or do whatever, go on talk shows and criticise the existing government? Goes out there and becomes the President of the United States completely, completely unheard of in the modern era. It doesn't happen. And yet it did. Why would you do that? Why would RFK Jr., also now 69 years of age, why would he put his hand up the same way? So what are we looking at? Are we looking at the origins of COVID? Why did Trump support the vaccine? Why did he have Operation Warp Speed? Interesting to see what people might say on the chat about that. My own reasoning is simple. He had no choice. The world is obsessed with preventative medicine. They have been programmed to believe that it is perfectly safe, harmless, and is the miracle medicine. If that was the case, why aren't there vaccines for heart attacks and all forms of cancer? Why aren't there vaccines for stupidity? Why aren't there vaccines for hunger? If they're such brilliant, brilliant forms of medicine that can be created out of thin air in less than nine months and brought to market as safe and effective. And that's an interesting part of how this war is played out. I do find it fascinating that there is so much that we can think about and talk about when we explore the grey area between good and evil, bad and worse, and how it is that when innocent children are traded, this idea of the trans agenda at the same time as the Epstein child abuse, how can you be pro-trans agenda and ignorant of Epstein child abuse? How can you think that a child can be sexualized at any serious age, underage, through the school system? How is it that there are people wearing United Nations badges telling us about how children should be taught about their own bodies at the age of three or four? How's that even possible? I don't remember even recognising someone from the opposite sex as from the opposite sex until I was about nine or ten. You didn't even care, you didn't even know. I don't think I was ignorant. I was at school like everyone else, being educated about things that mattered. How to read, how to write, how to have fun, how to get your knees dirty, how to graze you, whatever, how to get up and get on with it, and how to learn how to be a little bit more interested in other things that I knew nothing about. But it never went down to the situation about what was inside your underwear. It was not even a thing. Yet, we're told that this is the way that it goes. Now, another interesting story that happened in 2023 was The Voice in Australia, the referendum that went down the gurgler. 61 to 39 was rejected by the Australian people. And what was interesting about that story was how it was that this voice referendum to bring a voice to the Aboriginal people of Australia, the Indigenous people that have been here for tens of thousands of years and land was taken off them, that if they wanted something in this voice, that they could put it together, have a process, bring it before the parliament, except there was one fatal flaw in the entire referendum. It was that the voice was non-binding. In other words, if it didn't suit the government of the day for what might they want, as in the Aboriginal community, the government of the day could just say, not doing it. Did you know that? What I find interesting about that was that the architect of the No campaign, the outstanding Jacinta Price in that campaign, tested exactly the non-binding wording, not before the referendum, but after it was defeated. That's right. She walked into the parliament on the Monday immediately following the defeat of the referendum and she asked the Senate if they would be interested in a royal commission of the sexual abuse of children in the Aboriginal community. And you know what her response was? A big fat no. How could anyone reject a royal commission into the sexual abuse of children in a free country, a Western country, a country that talks about however it's going to be 
and just throw it down the toilet, proving exactly what we know is really going on. And that is that the governments of Australia and around the world are interested in power for themselves. That is why we are at the pinnacle, the apex of the greatest change in history. And we are right at the front door knocking on it. Let's take a break and we'll be back with more here on Weekends on TNT. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was gonna make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. JDRF's vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. The type 1 diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the type 1 diabetes community. In the main, we are governed by the type 1 diabetes community, we're energised by the type 1 community, and we're accountable to the type 1 diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist, and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organisations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. To everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, no matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who's supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible. When you need to know what's going on around the world, Stay with Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. Welcome back to Weekends, and it wouldn't be a weekend of radio without a glitch and without a surprise, and that's the best part of what we do here in the live media environment. And joining me in just a moment will be Mike Netter from KABC Radio. He's also, would you believe this, he's a member of the older they get, the better they look. How about that? In my case, it was the older I get, the better I was when it came to the way I used to play cricket. Can't even hold a bat anymore, but that's another story. Mike is also the vice chair of Rebuild California, and goodness me, that is something that needs to happen and happen fast. Mike Netter, welcome to Weekends. What a pleasure to be here. You know, we started off our drive, Rebuild California, with the recall of Gavin Newsom, where every day in California, California is a prize. So if you think live media is a challenge, just try coming to California sometimes. We never know exactly what our government is going to do. And we shouldn't be surprised at this point, but we always are. It uh, doesn't surprise me at all that that's the situation. I was shocked when I saw in San Francisco just a few weeks ago when Xi Jinping turned up and all of a sudden the homeless problem just evaporated. It's an extraordinary set of circumstances that outside Nancy Pelosi building, you can actually see women giving birth on the street with needles coming out of their arms. And Xi Jinping turns up and it's all gone away. And that all happened within a space of a couple of days. Is this what we have to believe in now when we look at the land of the free, home of the brave, that all we do is sweep the problems under the carpet and get away with it? You know, it's funny you mentioned Nancy Pelosi's building. Because literally, Nancy Pelosi's building is a federal building. 
So federal employees go there. And about two weeks before his pingness, as we like to call him, showed up in San Francisco to ping away and pal out with his buddy Gavin. What the heck? He might as well come over here and spend some tourist dollars because Gavin went over there earlier before. The people that work in their building that work for allegedly the mightiest government in the world were actually sent a memo saying, do not come into work. Do not show up, work remotely, because it's too dangerous on the streets of San Francisco. Yes, that was an old TV show, but apparently the theme's making a comeback. So at the what happened was, we can't protect our own federal workers, but can I have a whatever you want to call it? I would say a hallelujah, but I don't know the Chinese cheer. I do apologize to your audience. Ping comes to town, Ying, whatever the heck his name is. And here's the funny part, right? So not only do they clear the streets, but where if you hang up an American flag at San Francisco, it will probably get stolen because heck, everything else does. And indeed, why would we dare clean up the streets, take up the needles and get rid of the homeless for the people that live in San Francisco? Go. We lined, yes, you're hearing correctly, the streets of San Francisco with a drum roll from sound effects, please. I'll give my own the <laughs> Chinese flag. So you start to go, really? The comedy writers, I had four comedy writers call me and quit because they were like, we can't improve on this. You, The government has done our job for us is what it comes down to. And that's kind of the problem in California, much as we make fun of it. The problem is, Jason, is that they aren't concerned with taking care of the people of California. And that's what my movement, Rebuild California, is all about. And it's interesting because you see this blip in San Francisco, right? The homeless evaporate, taken to a place no one knows where. Mm -hmm. The Chinese come to town and leave town. And by the way, if you want to visit... Uh, Los Angeles, which is also a expletive deleted, as we say in Radio Hole, okay? Um, 2028, the Olympics are coming, so they're starting to get ready. But the challenge for California politicians isn't California. It's taking care of their own careers and the people outside of California. So let me shift gears a little bit. As evidenced by his Gavinness, right? Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, if there's ever a threat to the environment, we are praying in California he doesn't wash his hair because the oil slick literally will probably kill off the rest of the whales <laughs> on the planet. But that's a story for another day. And but Gavin Newsom, just because we have well, we have 39 million people in California, it might be 38 million. It's Friday. A lot of people have moved. It's hard to keep track. But let's assume we still have around 39 million in change. We have decided, or Gavin has decided, and the leftist state legislature, because they have a supermajority, to give free, that's right, free health care to illegal, that is correct, illegal immigrants in California. Wait, there's more. I know it's your show, but you invited me in, so here we go. <laughs> Never let an unknown guest into the party. This is what happens to you. So, we have. A 68 billion, for those of you out there listening around the world, in American dollars, let me put it simply, a billion's a lot of money. It's a thousand million. We have a 68 billion dollar deficit in the state of California alone this year on a 304 billion dollar budget. So Gavin decides what a great idea to give non-taxpaying illegal citizens this year all free health care, which at the cost of about $3 billion extra per year. You want to be honest? I think the head of China, Ping, Ying, Wing, whatever the heck his name is, I know there's an ING in there, it's hard to keep track. I think he actually came over to California, not to infuse communism into California, but to study what not to do so his country doesn't go down the toilet. Because mm -hmm. I think that they're looking at California going, you've gone too far. You didn't read the end of the little red book. 
<laughs> I think you're onto something. It makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? Because if you wanted to learn what not to do, you would just follow the Democratic Party in the United States around, whether it be federally through Joe Biden or through Gavin Newsom or many of the other Democratic governors that are around that just seem to have the same problems wherever you go. And how is it that we live in a world where the citizens of a country are treated worse than the illegal immigrants that are coming through a big hole in the border? Why would anyone do that unless there was an ulterior motive? They're not just being good guys, are they, Mike? Almost an understatement. The problem with the Democrats, the left, and I want to say the left because we tend to separate them into Republicans and Democrats. There is an extreme right, there's an extreme left, and the extreme left at their core has taken over the brand called Democrats. All right. So the Democrats are idiots, another way to put it. They preach things that sound like they're really good idea that are emotionally driven. Okay. And it's actually hit the point in a few years ago, you know, the press wasn't willing because this this is maybe a shock to you. The press is rather leftist and the press does not like to report on things which embarrass the Democratic Party. But it's really gotten to the point, Jason, where we've had this this year alone, we have approximately three and a half million people come across the border. New York City. So you ask what their objective is. They don't really have one. It's gotten out of control. Chicago, New York are complaining to the federal government because they literally have no places to put the proper term is immigrants. We have other ones. People flowing over in here. We have approximately and it's hard to count because they're moving around a lot. But let's put that down. 10 to 13 million illegal immigrants in the United States, but wait, there's more, about 3 million of them, we don't know where they're at. Now, I want to, these are big numbers, mm. and they're catching up with the Democrats, and even in the Democratic cities, Chicago and New York. Interesting challenge, though, is, is the tide is slowly flipping. Look, it doesn't matter if it's Rome. It doesn't matter if it's Russia, Iran under the Shah. You can go on and on. When a regime executes badly, and in California, it's a supermajority and a regime, and when a party executes really badly, it catches up to them because the power is really always with the people. And illegal immigration, look, we had 110,000 people die last year. Oh, my God, it's COVID. No, you idiots. It's fentanyl. Well, where does it come from? It's coming across the border. Where is it coming from? It's coming from Mexico. Oh, my God. I didn't think they were smart enough to make it. No, it's made in China. So it's kind of complicated. My job is to give simplification. China makes illegal drugs, ships them to Mexico. We let the people come over. We don't check them. They bring sacks of drugs. Americans were not always the brightest people. They overdose. They die. Children come over unchecked. Human trafficking takes place every day. It's a tragedy of human carnage. And I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is this happens in every country at some point, whether it's homelessness, whether it's human trafficking, whether it's drug overdose, is we start to accept that level of tragedy of everyday life until a point we won't take it anymore and we become outraged. Name of one of my radio shows, thought I'd throw that in. Um, so Americans are becoming outraged because they've had enough. Unfortunately, we get conditioned, like in Australia, like in any country, to, they, it's one death by a thousand cuts a little bit at a time until you go no more. Mm. That's exactly right, isn't it? Because on top of all of that, it's this layer that the government always sells you either for your safety 
or your convenience, whatever it is that they've got up their sleeve, whether it be, for example, climate change. Goodness me, we're going to do this. You're not going to eat meat anymore. You're not going to drive your car anymore. You're not going to be able to travel more than 15 minutes, all for your safety and the safety of Mother Earth. And that's what we have to deal with. And of course, digital ID at a time, you wouldn't believe this, Mike, you're probably aware, but in Australia, we've had that many hacks this in the last year of major corporations, but the government doesn't say, okay, this digital ID thing's not a good idea. They go, no, no, we're just going to centralise it. I find that fascinating that we, we just walk into these traps like we're stupid, but it seems that the government thinks that we are. Well, the problem is that the government, be it Australia with digital ID or be it electric cars, I mean, I'm not that old, so this is from memory. But when that gas-powered internal combustion car came along, they didn't have to outlaw the horse. People gravitated to it because the free market was better. Yes. They go, look, the car doesn't poop on the street. It doesn't eat at night, and it gets me there faster. The buggy business went out. Fair enough? That's digital right. IDs are kind of the same way. If a digital ID is better for me and I want to use it, God bless you, use it. I'm keeping my laminated plastic card because I know where it is at all times. Got it? Same with vaccines. If you want to take one, God bless you. I'm not sticking that crap in my blood veins. But if you want to, hey, people make bad decisions all the time. They drink, they smoke. That's the difference in a free world. That, because we're getting to the end of my segment here. Yes. Lucky for you, too bad for me, <laughs> is that... Rebuild California, the group I represent, go to mm -hmm. rebuildcalifornia.com, throw us a few bucks, follow me on Twitter at Netter Mike. We are, what we're about is we rewrite the stories. Much of what you hear, like what you hear on TNT radio, you're writing the narrative, not listening or reading someone else's narrative. And we are about writing the narrative. I will tell you this. That in the long run, short run, and any run at all, people win out who want freedom, who believe that what they're doing is better for their everyday life. And when bad government crushes down on the minutia of you going to the store, going to the bank, what kind of ID you have to show, what happens to you and family, that's when it doesn't matter what party you are rebuildcalifornia.com follow mike netter at netter mike on twitter go to our facebook group it's been a pleasure jumping in and being a crash test dummy for tonight well said mike netter thank you very much i appreciate it or as, as i would say for opening the innings of weekends with jason Olborn for 2024 it's been a delight albeit a short one and i look forward to speaking with you again we'll take a break for news headlines and be back with james Raguski here on weekends on tnt Thank you.